What if we could transform the experience of being a woman chiropractor from one of constant stress and burnout, trying to juggle all the things to one of ease, energy, and thriving both in business and in life. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. I'm a woman DC who became one of the one in five chiropractors who burn out in practice by year seven. To the outside world, I achieved the financial and business success only 1% of the profession reaches. But the reality was it left me bruised and battered both emotionally and physically. Today, I help other women chiropractors revitalize their body and practice by stepping into their unique power and rewriting the rules so that they can thrive at home and in business. What we do is far too important for so many of us to struggle and burn out. And this show brings you the conversations, lessons, and permission to be you, redefine success, and transform the experience of being a female chiropractor. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex. Today we are tackling part four of the series we've been doing on how to get your energy back and find your practice bliss. And today's conversation is going to build on what we started talking about yesterday, which if you haven't been listening to these in order, absolutely feel free to do so. And you can continue listening to this now, if you would like. What today is about is what I have given the letter L and the acronym HEAL, which is where these four steps come from. And that has to do with how we lead from our genius and intuition. And yesterday we got into our zone of genius, how to connect with that. As a reminder, there's a workbook that goes along with this that helps you not just identify what your working genius really is, but also has prompts and things to help you work through the other steps of this process that we've been talking about so far. With leading from our intuition and genius, where this really comes from, you know, I just want to share some of the things that I have seen in chiropractic discussions among women. And, you know, I think in general, we struggle with this and I'm keeping this specific to chiropractic and by we, I mean, women struggle in leadership roles to have permission to be ourselves. There's like this need or this expectation that I think is self-created, self-perpetuated, and largely has to do with society of having to act a certain way, be a certain way in a leadership role, and also how that translates into being a woman. Because I've seen a lot of posts of, it's like this balance of the masculine and the feminine, right? If we want to want to go there, it's how do we either be the nice, kind, you know, gracious human being that we are. And I'm not saying anyone is not that. Like, how, how do we feel right being a woman and still lead and still hold firm lines and boundaries and some of the things that we've been talking about? Or on the flip side of that, like, how do we lead and be direct and, you know, concise in our communication and, and how we lead in our leadership style and not be called a bitch, right? It's like we have these two extremes of either being a total pushover or being a bitch is kind of like, and some of us fall somewhere in between that. And I think there's lessons to be learned and a time and place for both ends of the spectrum and how we really cultivate that in a way that feels good to us, isn't out of character for us to the point where we you know, don't like who we're being or really struggle with difficult conversations or any of that stuff comes down to really being connected with ourselves and our intuition. 
as well as our genius and allowing those things, giving ourselves permission to have those things shine through. Because I think we assign as women a lot of, I've, I've talked about before, we we can create a lot of story. We, we give extra stuff, like there's the thing that happened and then there's all the stuff we tell ourselves about the thing that happened. And I think women, we have a little more tendency to do this for whatever reason. I don't have good reasons for that, but I've, I've seen it with my husband being in a leadership role outside of the chiropractic profession and just it can be a lot more cut and dry, right? And it's about finding that balance. You know, I know when I was in chiropractic school, I was probably 26 at this point. I was towards the end of my chiropractic school journey, but I went through a lot of training with Landmark Education, which is kind of a personal growth and development educational system, if we'll call it that. They put on seminars and and host stuff like that. And I actually trained to become an introduction leader through them and lead some of their programs. Um, and as I was doing that, <laughs> I had one of the coaches had me up on stage and she looked at me and she was like, you need to grow a backbone. And I was just like, what, what does that even mean? And then I, you know, I graduated, I had an associateship for a little while that was a complete disaster and eventually started my business, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. And all of a sudden I learned what she was talking about, about a backbone. And, you know, it was this place where if you don't have some way, and we we talked more about boundaries, the ability to say no, if you don't have like firm boundaries in place, this is kind of what I think she meant by a backbone. And, And I talk more about an intuitive backbone is being able to do that in a way where we don't feel we have to be aggressive or be more like a man. I saw a post in a women chiro- women's chiropractors group of a woman, you know, sharing just her frustration. She practices with her husband and he's very different from her personality wise and how he interacts with patients and, uh, you know, develops care plans. And for whatever reason in, in her world, and I think this happens to all of us, she views that as more successful. And so there's something wrong with her that she has to change, right? This is what this post was about. And many, many, like, I think there were hundreds of comments on this post of just really encouraging her to be herself and to step into who she really is and to allow that to be enough and allow that to define success and have that be okay. And that is what the step is about. And it takes practice and it takes mastery over time. And I don't think it's something that we just one day figure out and never have to worry about again. You know, the entire process of being a chiropractor of having a business. It's this evolution of growth in both areas that you're going to go through. And what's key to not burning out, to having your energy back, to finding bliss in practice is implementing all these things that we've talked about and then giving yourself permission to live there in your working genius and in who you really are and interesting your gut and some of the things that we don't always talk about in business because maybe they're seeing, you know, we see them as woo woo or whatever it is, but to allow some of that to come through because when you don't, you end up frustrated or you end up being someone you're not in the office, or you end up stuck more in your zone of frustrations, or you really aren't fulfilled in what you're doing, or you have people walking all over you. And so you're working too much and you're you know, staff is entitled and I've seen other posts and all of this comes into this. It's in how we lead ourselves and others. You know, I've seen other posts about people feeling like they have entitled associates and by people, I mean, women specifically. I went through a phase of having 
quite honestly, a lot of really entitled massage therapists in my practice and learning how to navigate that. And some of it's a millennial thing and some of it's a, you know, woman thing. And the point is we are the constant in our practices, right? We are the things that doesn't change. And when I had a lot of really heavy stress and drama with my staff, because I hired an office manager who was not a good fit and waited way too long to fire her. And it created all kinds of stuff and just this really icky thing that no one wanted to be a part of anymore. And I remember having a a very honest conversation with my staff who were after I had finally let her go, you know, who were still there. And I told them, I'm like, look, each and every one of you has a choice on whether or not you stay here. And I realized in that moment, I didn't. It was my thing and I created the mess and I had to clean up the mess and I'm the thing that's never going to change. And so often I think we can try to assign the blame or the guilt or the, not even guilt, but put the, put the onus on someone else, right? You know, it's the associate who is unmotivated. It's the front desk person who just doesn't get this, doesn't get that. And part of why I shared the working genius model, and that's what we talked about in step three, of really aligning with that is when you're there, I think we have a lot less of these moments. Like we all, that's not really a personality thing. So there's still nuances of how personality comes into play. And tomorrow I'm actually going to share a conversation that I had with a woman who's not in the chiropractic world, but we had this really great conversation around intuition and spiritual, bringing our spirituality into our leadership as well. And also how we navigate some of the nuances of personalities and difficult conversations and all that. So that's tomorrow's episode, which will complement this one very nicely. But for today, with this, leading from your intuition and genius, and I've shared in my own story, you know, there's a time, (laughs) there was a, a very big moment when I didn't listen to my gut in business, and it set me on a path that the universe then did a lot of work to get me to stop, pay attention, pick my head up, and shift directions. And that was in the moment that I got the call from the bank that said, hey, you've been approved for the loan to buy this building that I was trying to buy. It was a $500,000 investment, right? We were debt-free as a business at that point. And even though my gut said, don't do it, my head had all these reasons why we should go ahead. And so I did it. And I didn't share in my full story where that actually led me because, you know, I think no, we're just going to go with it. Um, I, I have nothing to hide, right? <laughs> like I bought this building just afterwards. I realized how unhappy and unfilled I was and how much I really didn't like the thing I built. It was now much of a bigger process to tear that all down. It actually led to me getting out of the insurance world overnight reactively because they stopped paying us. It led to me renegotiating and re doing how I was employing people and no longer having them be employees, but actual independent contractors. It led us to us downsizing, which honestly was, I was at a point where I needed that, but then I didn't need the space. And at that time, I also had wrist surgery for the first time because my wrist was torn in six places and was absolutely just not doing well. I was, I was dysfunctional. It's my dominant hand. I couldn't write. I couldn't push a shopping cart. I couldn't open doors. It was, it was bad. So I finally, made the choice to go ahead and repair it. And so the bank gave me the option to defer my loan for a time while I recovered with the idea that, you know, I would start repaying. They weren't very clear on that. They had expectations on that. They actually still mostly wanted me to be making a payment. They just couched it in this phrase of, you know, it's, it's deferred. And so we got into COVID 
And all of a sudden they come back wanting $24,000. And this is this, I'm just sharing this is, this is what can happen when you don't listen to your gut, right? And so I found renters and started making my full payments again. And, you know, kept going to the bank with different solutions. Like, can we just add a little bit each month? You know, cause I didn't have $24,000 just lying around. We'd max, I'd maxed out the borrowing potential of the business and personally to get into the building. And it's a, a business decision I would never recommend anyone make, you know, <laughs> retrospectively. And no matter what I did, they just always wanted $24,000. And it, you know, so then I, at one point, my husband actually agreed to, to help me get a personal loan to, do most of it, we could get to like 22 of the 24. And by that point, they were talking about um, foreclosure and, you know, going down all these roads, even though I was making payments and had someone in there. And so I went in with my 22,000 and asked if it would stop the process. And they said no. And so I was like, you know, I'm just done. So I walked away, I kept the 22,000, we like undid the loan thing that we had done. And just I was like, I'm done. So at that point, the renters actually offered to buy the building and lowballed me because they knew it was potentially going to foreclosure. So I finally got out of it in a short sale and the bank still wanted $24,000. And so I share this because, you know, I, I fought like hell for several years trying to get out of this moment that if I had listened to my gut would not have been a place I would have ended up. It would have been a lot easier to shift gears and to, you know, build a new restructure and build the thing that I actually wanted for my practice without having done that, but I did. And I, I imagine all of us have these moments that we've listened to. And so I actually finally realized I just was too damn tired and physically wasn't at a point where, you know, we talked about willpower and capacity. I didn't have it. And I didn't understand what that was at the time, but I finally threw in the towel and filed for bankruptcy, which was definitely not where I expected to end up as a business owner. And there aren't a lot of examples of women who've done this. You know, that it's definitely a strategy that a lot of businesses use, Trump being one of them, um, or business people. <laughs> I think he's filed for bankruptcy like 11 times. And for me, it really did a number on my own healing and my confidence in myself as a leader and as a business owner and challenged a lot of things that... I think I were actually honestly limiting beliefs that I, that I held. And so I'm actually working on it. And at some point I'm going to release the episode of um, I'm taking the acronym of bankruptcy and listing all the things that were positives that came out of it. Cause there were some amazing, incredible things that came out of this process for me, including, you know, one of the things I really struggled with was I had staff and I had employees and people that were, you know, women who were single moms that depended on me. And it wasn't just about the patients either, because all of them are taken well taken care of by providers who'd worked for me before um, or as part of the big thing before I, you know, blew up the big thing literally and figuratively, not literally <laughs> figuratively. And, you know, so all of the people who'd worked for me, most of them are actually running their own businesses now. They're doing really well. And so I really got clear on, you know, while that journey was a huge learning experience for me on so many levels, it also provided a space where I really provided a place for others to grow and to grow into their own confidence and to grow into who they really are. And, you know, as I started sharing some of my story, I haven't actually talked about this piece yet, though I don't have any hangups on sharing it. It's just, I, I guess the one would be like, so you're talking about business stuff, Dr. Alex, and you declared bankruptcy. I did. And there's a time and a place for it. And we're really blessed. Like I was honestly amazed by how 
easy it was. Has there been some pain? Yes, but it was nothing compared to like the pain of what I dealt with up until I finally made that decision with this bank that by that point they owned me and it was just, there was no escape. And so, you know, that's where we, an example of how we can attach story to the what happened. Like the what happened was I had a deferment. The bank wanted the full payment back. They were inflexible on how that happened. I was exhausted and I filed for bankruptcy. Like those are the what happened. And I added a whole bunch of stuff in there. So all this to say in the world of how we lead ourselves and others, the more we can connect to their inner voice. And I know every single one of you have moments in business, in practice, at home, when your gut has said something. And my question is, like, we get that initial gut response, right? The the action step for this process is to start to allow yourself to listen to it and follow it, even when intellectually, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so that involves, you know, you have to start small. We're in things that aren't scary. (laughs) It's like, hey, don't buy the building that you've been working for, for, you know, the last 18 months to get this thing to happen. Like that wasn't a place for me to start doing that. But it was a time when I actually heard my gut and consciously chose to ignore it, right? So you want to start to just, you know, journal on, and this is in the workbook that you can download. It's at Revitalize DC. So R-E-V-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E-D-C.com backslash heal, H-E-A-L. You can download it there if you haven't already. And this has some of these prompts in there to really, you know, look at times when you've listened to your gut, not listened to your gut, how, how much permission do you have to actually be in your intuition and genius in practice and then start working through some of this stuff. So that's my story for today. I also want to share as we're wrapping up this four-part framework, you know, if you just caught parts of it or or whatnot, um, I actually have a masterclass, which is different from what I've been sharing on on the podcast slightly and, and kind of brings all this together and then like gives you a nice, it it puts it all in a nice pretty little bow and you can see how it all all works to really put all this into place and implement these four steps into your own life and practice. And so if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to revitalize, D-C-R-E-V-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E-D-C.com backslash masterclass. And that will get you logged into that and you can kind of get a little bit shorter of a crash crash course and what, what all this framework is and how it all fits together. So check that out as well. And then, like I said, we're doing 30 days all every day in June. We have a new episode coming. And so tomorrow's episode is actually going to dovetail nicely with what we just talked about and give you a little more depth and examples of how you can utilize intuition and your zone of genius and understanding personality traits and really, you know, how you lead yourself to lead your team and have, if you have one or just your family, this works for that too, but bringing in more of those, you know, sides of leadership that we don't talk about where it's less like do this because I said, and more about connecting with yourself and then allowing yourself to lead from that place. Hopefully that makes sense, but that's coming at you tomorrow. I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you and we will talk to you then. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm on a mission to help the chiropractic profession heal collectively from the limiting beliefs and broken business models that plague our profession and lead to high rates of burnout. I also believe that women are the ones who are going to do that. I can't do it alone. And so I have two quick asks. 
One, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review and share it with a colleague. This helps the message reach even more women DCs around the world. And second, if you're a Facebook user, join me in the Chiropractors Healing Collective, which is a place for us to come together for more support and to heal both as individuals and as a group. There we engage in discussion and many of these episodes are actually streamed live so that you can participate and share and get support around many of the topics that we discuss on the show. I appreciate you and I look forward to joining you on our next episode.